0: Welcome to another episode of The Athlete's Advocate. I'm your host, Aishelle Tack, professional basketball player and author of The Reality Behind the Glamour of College Athletics. On today's episode, we are joined by guest Brianna Bay. Brianna is a former college athlete and professional athlete. She grew up in Jersey City and graduated from Stetson University with a degree in digital arts. She started her pro journey in Ireland and is using her platform to inspire, educate and motivate athletes, especially girls from Jersey City. She's a role model and was honored by the city and lauded as a role model for countless young girls hoping to achieve their dreams. Brianna, we are so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity.
0: Before we talk about your basketball journey, let us get to know Brianna a little bit. You know What was growing up like in Jersey? You know, what were some experiences that you were able to go through um, you know, being a product of that environment and that culture that you grew up in?
1: Well, growing up in Jersey City, it was like the best generation ever for me growing up because there was always things for kids to do. Like we always had parades. So basically we just, we'd look out the window and they'd see a parade just going, going on. We could just come outside and sit on the sidewalk and they'd have parades going for hours. We used to have festivals, carnivals, and we always... Like my community, growing up, we always had community cookouts, so it'd be like everybody get together. We had shirts made, of like our family pictures, and like we just all bond as a community like that. And my favorite ones was having family reunions and block parties, like all the people they used to just give back, give back to the youth. So that was like growing up. Now it's just different. We don't have none of that now.
0: You had a stellar, you know, resume at Stetson and Monroe as well. Um, At what point during your career in college did you realize that you wanted to play pro um, and you wanted to just do everything that you could do on your end to make sure that happens for you?
1: Um, I would say during my senior year at Stetson, um, before uh, my senior year, we had – our coach was looking for assistant coaches so basically, she wanted the team to be involved in a process to bring on new people into the family. So it was just one coach named Coach O. He's from Europe. And we had I had a workout with him just to, to let the coach know the feedback, like if I like him, if he good for the team. And he was definitely on point. We had a workout. And then after the workout, I had a conversation with him, and he was telling me that, um that I had the opportunity to um to play pro. Like he was the first one that mentioned it to me. So after that we just had a conversation. He was telling me about he used to play in Europe, telling me all these stories and everything. So ever since that first day, he came that's when I'm like, "Alright, I'm going to go pro."
0: Now, was that process harder when you first got started um, or was it just kind of easy going after, you you know, people motivated you and thought you could play pro?
1: I mean, my whole life I've been through challenges and obstacles. But once he said I can go pro, I think it made it more easier because he was helping me do the day-to-day um, basics on uh, skill sets, fundamentals. And he was actually giving me advice and insight on how to build myself way up to get to that point.
0: Right, right. Now, in an article you did, you opened up about growing up in the often violent Salem Lafayette projects. Can you share with us how that environment affected you and motivated you to want a better future for you and your family, you know, and leading up to where you are now?
1: In that environment, it always affected me. Um, Like, it really, like growing up in Salem it really wasn't violence how it is now. So now it's it's just beyond what it is. And it affected me when I started losing people close to me that I love and I really couldn't do nothing about it. So just being in this environment motivates me every day for a better future for me and my family.
0: Right. Definitely. Now, you know, this may or may not be common knowledge, but gun violence is, you know, the leading cause of premature death in the U.S. and in our immediate, you know, communities. And... Reading further into the article that you did, you know, it was mentioned that you actually lost a couple of your friends to gun violence early on in your basketball career. I can only imagine how that felt going through that because, you know, I've had lost in my life as well. But with that in mind, you also personally experienced um, a horrific, you know, situation and experience. Can you share with us what happened and how that changed your life as well?
1: Um, yes, during Thomas. time in Stetson, I lost my cousin to gun violence um I remember it like how it was yesterday, like I remember waking up five a.m. because we always had early workouts before we had classes, so we had trained and then i come i had came back to the house to shower before class, and I just got a phone call saying that my cousin got killed, and I was just so speechless I couldn't do nothing but cry in my- in my apartment and the only thing to control my my emotions, I would just put myself to work harder in the classroom and on the court. So every time I had free time, I just go work out. But due to the head coach, um, she had let me fly home to go to the funeral, and then I had to come straight back because we had um a tournament to go to. But during that whole process, I don't think I really fully healed or really fully let myself actually live in the moment because it was still, I still had to be focused on what was the goal in my dreams on what I was trying to accomplish. So yes, it still bothered me to this day.
0: Wow. What, what a journey you've had. Um, And you also talked about your own personal experience, you know, when you got shot in the foot and through that experience, you were able to make decisions afterwards of what you wanted to do. So could you, Go into detail how that situation happened and that and how that changed your outlook on what you needed to do moving forward.
1: Yes, um, my personal experience with that it was summertime and summertime everybody wanted to be outside and enjoy the weather and I decided to come outside and this was right before I, my sophomore year going to into Monroe College. I decided to come outside to hang with my childhood friends in my community, and we'll just vibe like we will talk we'd be talking about anything the future we'll be trying to do in like the next five years, listen to music and all of a sudden, we just hear shots just going off Just pop pop, pop pop, and then we all just started running. One of my closest friends got um he had got shot in the butt, and I had got shot in my foot but I didn't feel the pain or feel a bullet going to my foot after I got to safety and I just felt the pain. And one of my closest friends that recently that just passed away, he came and checked on me and he was like, "Brie, you good. And then I just took off my shoe and I just saw all the blood was just in my shoe and it's dripping. And then everybody in my community just came over, surrounded me, called the police. And I was just in shock because I was still calm, saying, like, I'm good, I'm good, but I just wanted to go to the hospital.
0: You know, it sounds like you had had a strong community around you to help you through that time. But how was that experience like for you mentally and emotionally? You know, how how long did it take for you to bounce back from that and say, you know what? okay, this happened to me, but I'm going to use this to fuel me to do more and be more um, to get out of the situation or to leave this experience behind in the past.
1: Yes. I had about, I had about, I I had two weeks left of the summer before I had to go back to Moreau. Cause we start, we start early, um, in of August, like pre, like we start training with the team, meeting new people. So I had, I had two weeks to be back. But soon at once they had found out I had got shot, they gave me extra time and I had a scholarship. So it was like, if I don't show up within this next week, they could get my scholarship away. So, so, that way I went to the doctor, I got everything checked out. He was like, it was okay for me to start walking. So within them next two days, I went back to school. Like I ain't had time to like really process everything in my head. I just had to stay focused on I right, we moving on the next thing. I survive this. Now, what's next? So it was like I didn't have time to really process everything.
0: And you're definitely a survivor. You know, hearing your story, it seems like you went through a lot, but yet you persevered um, and, you know, came out on the other side, signing your first pro contract in Ireland. That's super amazing considering what you've been through. Now, you also got honored by Jersey City Council for your accomplishments and perseverance throughout your career. What was that moment like for you? Not a lot of athletes get that same recognition, you know? Um, So that was a special moment for you. What did it mean to you? And how did you use that to, you know, fuel yourself and what you were doing and to give back to the community?
1: Um, The day I signed my first pro um, contract, I was still in Stetson. Like I had stayed for the summer just to stay with the new girls and Teach them the drills and the plays, and just to stay in shape before it was time for me to leave. And I was in the coach's office, just doing my weekly check-in with them, and then I received a text message from my agent at the time, and she was like, "Ireland wants you," but the coaches already knew. So I called my mom, and my mom always down with whatever that that makes me happy. So she. Was Everything. So the coach, coach staff already knew, and so they already had everything set up. So they was like, "Just meet me, just meet me in the room." So I went in the room. They had um everything set up for me. They had the contract on the table. They had the media support. All it, all my teammates and everything was there, and they had my mom and my family on Facetime because they couldn't be in Florida with me because that's where I was at. So as soon as I signed it, I was so happy. I was just speechless. Like I didn't know what to say. Like (laughs) I was just lost for words at the moment. Like it was a very special moment. And I still think about it to this day. And it was just a blessing. And and as for the um for Jersey City Council, um, that was my mom actually put that together. Because my mom used to work with the board of education in New Jersey and my high school coach, they, they know people on the council and they got my, um, they got my news out onto, um, Jersey journal, the newspaper and all that other stuff. So I thank them too for getting that in play for me. And I can't thank them enough, but that moment right there was a very touching moment. I, I, I actually cried there cause they had, um, they had all my high school coaches, my teachers, both of my principals there, like they was they were speaking about me and everything. Oh my god. I, I was cry, I was crying when I was doing my speech, telling them thank you. I appreciate everything. Like it was a it was a very blessing moment for me.
0: Yeah, sounds like it was it was a very special moment for sure. Um now now, you know, signing your first pro contract, did you know anything about the world of, you know, overseas basketball? Did you know what the lifestyle was like, you know, um how you were able to jail the culture, the environment, were you aware of anything at all all, or were you just like, "I'm just excited to continue my pro career, play basketball, and obviously be an employer and get paid for for doing so
1: yo that that's the crazy part is because I didn't know anything about the overseas life like only thing I knew was, oh, I'm just gonna be pro, and then we could just play ball, you get a check." And you get to be on TV over there. Like I never knew about the culture, and until I got over there, that's when everything was different.
0: Now, what, what, what was different? Like, what were it? Was it a culture shock? You know, coming obviously coming from an Amer- American culture where we do things, you know, a certain way, and having to live in a new quote unquote new world, you know, for about eight, nine, ten months, and not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, not knowing. Um, anything really you're not familiar with anything was it hard for you to adjust when you first got there and then after you adjusted if you did adjust you know was it better Then did you like it and did you want to continue to do it obviously you've played uh about three seasons already correct yeah so you might you probably had some type of liking to it if you kept going back to it. <laughs> uh, but just tell us how how that was the how that experience was like for you when you first got over there and then how it continued being over there
1: yeah, when I first went to Ireland, um, I want to say it wasn't a big difference because they speak, st- they um, still um, speak English and they still like the things that we do, like the music, like the hip hop culture is is a is big over there. Um, but other than that, everything's the same. It's just I would say they streetwise, like you drive on the other side of the street. The call, like you know, how we on the left side, but the stairway is on the right side. The passage on the left side. Like I just say, dumb, just the basic difference. And some of them they speak Spanish. Like I think it's it just yes, it's mixed. I think I think it's just mixed. And and they big on like drinking at like at the every celebration, every win. Like they love it. They love to drink, especially. I was there for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Oh my god. It was so amazing, like, to see all these people come together, just enjoying themselves, drinking and everything. But once I went to um, Albania, it was different. They don't speak no English. It's only certain people who speak English. And then the coach don't speak English. So he got to translate through one of his players. And there's players got to translate to me. And then all A Fools is not in English. So I got to download Google Translator. Like if I want to go out by myself, then I got to type it in. Everything. It was just, their culture, everything is just so different. But I still feel like in some way, it's, it's still the same as my culture because they show nothing but love, like nothing but love.
0: What we Americans sometimes often forget or don't realize is that we could be on a team where the coach don't speak English and the players don't speak English, but somehow it's going to work out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Somehow, (laughs) somehow we're going to understand each other. And somehow we're going to run the plays and somehow we're going to, we're going to play the game of basketball and play, you play great and win somehow it works out. And like you, you know what I mean? Like I was pulling up Google translate and and (laughs) trying to put words together here and there. Um, But yeah, those are the moments I feel like we will never forget, you know? Um, Now you've actually made it your life's mission to be a good role model, you know, and to, you know, to girls everywhere, especially girls from Jersey city, you were actually the first professional athlete to come out of Jersey city public school system. That is huge. First of all, you know, assuming there's so many girls and, and, you know, just boys that go through that system for you to be the first professional athlete, athlete, I think is a a big deal. You know Um, how have you demonstrated your leadership skills throughout your journey? And in what ways have you contributed and poured back into your community
1: Um, first I want to say, I never knew I was the first, um, professional athlete to come out of Jersey city public schools. I never knew that, (laughs) but, um, throughout my journey, um, I've been partnering with, um, the boys and girls club in Jersey city. So every time in the summer I go there, I talk to the youth, get them insight on life of them, pursuing their own dreams and goals and what they want to do. Um, I work. After I get that out, we'll work out, do some drills and play some games. And then I give out some gear and we'll um, order some pizza and just chill and take pictures. Um, Another thing I'll be doing, um, some of of my family members, they work with the public schools in Jersey City. So I'll be doing um, invents. We'll have, I'll speak to the youth. I'll also learn what they need what they what they went through and we'll talk about everything in life and what it took for me to get where I'm at. And then we do basketball games, take pictures, I give school supplies. You know, just doing trying to do more than what they didn't do for me when I was at their age. And last year, Cova had put a lot of things on hold that what I wanted to do last year. So Right now, I've just been trying to stay safe and then get back on board to some of the projects that I got
0: coming out soon. Awesome. Now, you know, Brianna, your story is truly inspiring and something I believe a lot of athletes and people can relate to, you know, with where you are now in life. How are you using your story and past experiences to help motivate the next generation to kind of power through their personal struggles and challenges and to know that better is on the other side if they just continue to be resilient?
1: Yeah, I try to get um being tuned with more female ball players because it's not a lot in Jersey City, but um I stay well connected with my high school coach and his team. Like I sponsor them with with my brand, my sports brand that I got out, and I just do what I can for them. And once we do, he be asking me to come there to work out with them and play pickup games. So after I do that we play pickup game at the end, I be talking to them about if they willing to pursue this, this goal all the way. Like you really had to, your faith got to be there. You always got to believe in the Lord and no matter what you go through, continue to be pushing. Cause we go through a lot. And when I was their age, I really didn't have people there for me to like, really talk to me about what I'm going through or, or open up, open up to them and speak that. Like I always hold everything in or it feel like I'm doing all the work by myself. But now that I went through that and I have, I have the opportunity to give back to them. That's what I'm doing now. So.
0: Right. I mean, and the start to that is you coming on and and sharing your story, you know, um, and you know, kind of motivating them through your experiences for them to be able to, have confidence and be vulnerable enough to share their stories, you know, and then it just continues, you know? Um, So, you know, with that said, what would be something that you would leave with our listeners today?
1: Um, I would say always believe in your vision, your goals, and your dreams. Yes, it will be hard and you will meet some tough challenges along the way, but with the man above and your faith, you will get there, write your goals down, And to accomplish these goals, write down the steps that would take you to get there. And when you feel like you're stuck, that's okay. Just relax your mind, body, and soul and go back to the drawing board and make changes. Never give up on yourself. Remember, you are your biggest fan and it's always you versus you. Be better and do better.
0: Wow, that was amazing. You sound like a motivational speaker. (laughs) I feel like you just motivated me to go do some stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Now, before we go, you know, thank you for your time, you know, but before you go, what are some projects that you're working on currently that we can help promote, you know, um, you know, help be involved with or follow or whatever the case is? What are some things you're working on? And then also, how can people connect with you and, you know, network with you and follow you and all that?
1: Yes. So, yes, every year, uh, the end of December. I do um a back to school um get back to the community in in August with my brand B um Breed Bay Gear. You can find me on Instagram, um Breed Bay Gear or my personal Instagram, Breed Bay 23 Um yes, I do book bag drives with supplies. We do food, we bring music, and I also do basketball games, contests to win free prize, but even if you don't win something, you still leave with something. I give away free gear and I'm always um connecting with uh people around Jersey City that who influence the city doing good. I always try to get them out to participate in my um event and they'll play the games, we'll get teams, I get them um, free gear, um basketball jerseys and shorts, and then we just have a good time. But now this year I'm trying to do something different um for August. I'm trying to get more people involved so we can make this a big thing. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a lot of people involved with this. So that's some projects I got going on and another project I'm trying to go on is getting my um about sponsoring more teams and to get um international level
0: Awesome. Now, you said you have some sportswear. What, what is the brand and what does it represent?
1: Brie Bay Gear rep- represents nothing but authentic love, support, and just fashion, your lifestyle.
0: Now, where can we, where, where can we cop that? You know, <laughs> Let us know. Where can we get that?
1: Brie Bay Gear. I have a website, w.briebaygear.com, and you also could cop it on Instagram at um, Brie Bay Gear on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Brianna. thank you so much for coming on the show today and telling your story. You know, we always acknowledge when athletes use their platform for good and to do good and be advocate of their communities as well as other athletes. You know, we hope you continue to be a role model and we wish you well and looking forward to hearing more great things from you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you.